Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tidewad Tack, episode 86, TCEA 2012, recorded February 13th, 2012, and brought to you by Element OP Productions, elementopie.com. Last week, I was away at uh, the TCEA, Texas Computer Education Association Conference, uh, and uh, we talked about that last year when Sean and I went, and so I thought uh, tonight we would do a quick wrap-up of just not necessarily the show specifically, but maybe shows like it, um, and the idea of continuing professional education in general. Let's face it, it was an easy show. I was gone all week, didn't do any show prep, so that's why we're doing this. <laughs> and joining me this week, as always, is my friend and my co-Tightwad Tech, Mr. Sean Keibel. Hey, Sean. Hey, good to be here, as usual. And Sean's been naughty, so he's sitting in the corner tonight. Right, literally back against the wall. So I know where that term comes from now. You want to explain to people why you're sitting in the corner? It's goodness. Yeah, I guess. Really I is. guess start off with it with my warm, my one warm up item, like my one contribution to the show notes this week. Uh, yeah, so I've been moving, um, and I mean, literally now I've been moving for over a week, um, and it was just uh, kind of things at a time i've been using my parents truck so it's just been like okay i'll take a load and another load and, uh so uh the last two weekends i was doing a lot of that kind of stuff and uh so literally i, I don't have internet access at my new place yet you know you know how that goes right you call them up and they're yeah, like yeah yeah uh, well uh thursday between you know 9 and 8 p.m., you know, 9, 9 a.m. and 8 p.m., make sure you're there all day, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> but, uh, uh, so, yeah, no internet access, so I have to, I had to leave all my recording gear uh, back at my brother's house, and uh, so I came here, and I've pretty much robbed him of all of his furniture, so <laughs> which I didn't rob him, I mean, it was yeah, my it was your furniture. Right, but... Uh, so I literally got here and, and realized I'm going to have to set up on the floor. I'm going to have to sit on the floor. So I backed myself into a corner. So it's kind of somewhat of a seat back and uh, I'm recording that way. That's my dedication to you. So I drove over here, uh, what, nine o'clock at night and uh, set up on the floor to reach all of you, our listeners out there. So. That's my level of dedication. And my bit of whining tonight is that I forgot to turn the heater on in the pod pod today. And oh. this was one of the coldest days we've had all year. It was uh, the high today was in the low 30s. And uh, so I am freezing my sizable took us off out here right now. Oh, I bet. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, is that even supposed to be ins insulation or it's insulation ish. I mean, it, it does. It holds in some stuff, but. I've I've got a little heater. It's it's one of those things. I could get a big old mammer jammer heater, but it would be loud. And this is right. a recording studio. So I got a quiet one, and quiet means not much power. So it doesn't <laughs> it does an okay job if I turn it on like three or four hours ahead of time. But no, I, I just turned it on when I walked out here, so I'm a little cold right now. Wah, wah, complain wine. <laughs> okay, well, uh, be, be careful because that Pod Pod looks like it's very flammable. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd hate, I'd hate for our next, like one of our next funny news stories on uh, the periodic table to be man burns to death in Pod Pod. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> man finds that home studio materials were more flammable than he thought. Right. <laughs> Uh, so just a couple of things I wanted to mention. Uh, first, a quick rant, and this is a rant, nothing more to it. QR codes. They are not yep. like bubblegum people. Stop handing them out everywhere. At the, at this conference, there were two QR codes everywhere and almost without a doubt, almost without exception. I mean, the QR codes were on a website and when you decoded them, they were linked to the website. Thank you. Appreciate that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've seen one cool use for QR codes, and it was uh, my new boss. He emailed us a, a QR code, and uh, so that, and that was all it was. It was just the QR code in the email, and you scanned it, and it said, uh, "If you took the time to scan this, you can go home an hour early today." Nice. Yeah, nice. 
Yeah, so it was really great. But, you know, if you were the one that, you know, you weren't reading his email or, you know, whatever, then. <laughs> What's this crap? Why is he sending me a QR code? Right. Or, you know, even worse, like open it up and actually scan it a couple days later yeah. or something. So, so I, I uh, have a, a guy that I correspond with periodically who's on his email signature is a QR code. So one day I and think about that. Think about how dumb that is. Okay. You're, you're communicating by email. All right. What information could not be better presented in some form other than a QR code? The idea of a QR code is storing a bunch of information on a, on an offline uh, location to give you online resources, but it's an email signature. So one day I scanned it. So I took my phone out of my pocket, pointed it at my computer screen, scanned the QR code and guess what it was? His email it's address. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, that's, I mean, you're right. A lot of people are doing those things like just to do them. It, I, I don't know. I understand. I've seen it in education and it's kind of cool when the kids are going around and it's like a, a scavenger hunt. Right. You know, and, and that I can see that that's cool. And I, I guess to this point, that's all I've really seen. I haven't done any research on, you know, cute, cool uses of QR codes, but that's all I've ever seen uh, as far as it being used in education. Well, let me tell you this. QR codes are for print. If you're not printing it and physically handing it to somebody, you shouldn't be using a QR code. End of story. The whole idea of a QR code is to take something physical and make it digital. If you're serving it up in a digital medium, you're a bonehead. Okay. That's my rant about QR codes. Okay. <laughs> Valid, I think. <laughs> and also, I just wanted to mention a couple of things. You know, we've been uh, big proponents of the tablet uh, here, uh, but we've also, uh, you know, commented about some of the limitations of the tablet form factor, be it an iPad or, or any other tablet. And um, this week, rather than taking my, well, I took it, but rather than carrying every day my, you know, six pound big mammer jammer laptop, I uh, took the Asus Transformer Prime or Transformer rather that, that we had talked about. We did a whole show about. Oh, yeah. And, nice. and I use that daily and it was it was much better for my shoulders. You know, carrying the backpack with uh, with that in it versus the big laptop made a difference. But uh, I found some uh, annoying limitations to it, some things that students are definitely going to run into. One of them being that every website I went to sensed it was Android and served up a mobile version. Every website that had a mobile version, I should say. So uh, you often didn't get the full experience. And so sometimes you can go in there and tweak that and say, show me the full desktop, or you can go in and change your user agent on the uh, on the device. But it's it's a little annoying right now um, that tablet manufacturers aren't um, finding some way around. I mean, if I can change the user agent and tell it's a desktop browser, why shouldn't they do that when they manufacture the tablet and put Android on it? Right. Um, and there are other things like uh, I was filling out uh, a profile on a website and I needed to upload a picture. Well, I had pictures in my Dropbox and I had pictures, you know, on my on my gallery, my Android gallery that I'd taken with my phone, neither of those I could upload because it didn't recognize the file structure. So there's just little, little annoying things like that that have yet to be worked out. And uh, I just think that if you're looking at doing a tablet one-to-one, you need to understand that there are, there are always going to be these little gotchas. Well, not always, but still at this point, there are these little gotchas that make it not as smooth a process as you might hope it would be. Yeah. All right. Thanks for that uh, salient comment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but, uh, you know, I mean, that's that's that form factor in that particular type of device. So uh, I still like netbooks, right. all, you know, overall. I, I don't know if anybody saw it, but uh, Brian Brueger and I, the one of the co-hosts of the uh, Tightwad Teacher podcast, had a bit of a, uh, a Twitter uh, hissing match. Um, oh, I missed that. Did you miss that? You didn't see yeah. that? Yeah. Um, he somehow the conversation turned to which is uh, wait, what was it? He was talking about the new uh, MacBook. Uh, Apple has uh, discontinued uh, the MacBook line. They make MacBook Airs and MacBook Pros now. They don't make the MacBooks, the the nine hundred dollar okay. machine that was so big in education. So he tweeted about that. But they also have now lowered their. Um, price on the MacBook Air to $999. And if you don't know what a MacBook Air is, it's essentially a really pretty netbook. 
it's uh, it's underpowered for a laptop, but it's full price for a laptop. It's very light, it's very thin, it's very sleek, uh, but it's the the storage is mediocre and the, and a processor is mediocre. And and I made some comment like you know you could get that or you could buy two netbooks with exactly the same specifications. And then he said or you could buy two iPads and get um, the same fun exactly the same functionality and of course i took you know me i'm going to take issue when somebody says exactly the same functionality that with an ipad you can do exactly the same thing as you can with a netbook that's ludicrous brian it's that was a stupid thing to say and i called him (laughs) on it and and so we went back and forth about it and he was like uh you know you you wouldn't want to edit video or or do a podcast on that underpowered netbook but i do that sort of stuff on um the the ipads all the time and I said, yeah, yeah, but if you want to browse roughly 60% of the website that you, sites in the world that use Flash, you can't do that. And he replied with, Flash is dead. I've heard that so many times. I heard it at TCEA several <laughs> times. Flash is dead. Flash right. is not dead, people. Stop saying Flash is dead. And, and they'll say that, that, you know, there's a news story recently that uh, Adobe is abandoning mobile Flash. Okay? And I get that. So from that standpoint, you can say that Flash is dying. So maybe in two or three years, Flash will be dead. But right now, it's still... On over half of all the websites in the world, Flash is not dead. Saying it is it is doesn't make it so. Right, right, and that yeah, there's got to be further adoption of uh, HTML5, which is going to happen over time. But uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's nowhere near dead yet. Uh, so yeah, uh, well, and I, I still go back to. Uh, it seems wild to me that educators seem to be missing the point of these devices are supposed to be used to create things like, like a, a kid's supposed to be able to type out a story or something, you know, and anytime you go back to that, they're like, well, uh, <laughs> it's just not there. It's well, look at this. They can take this picture and make it uh, purple and cut the <laughs> nose off. And, you know, is that really, I mean... Well, I mean, I, his point was, and I concede the point, that schools all over the world are using iPads, and students are producing work on them, and, and it, can be, it can be enough. It doesn't necessarily have to be a second device. But to say it's equal functionality is just boneheaded. So, you know, it, as long as you're praising your product, I'm fine with that. If you believe in something, you should espouse it. But don't make up stuff. And to say it's the same experience, that you can do the same things with any tablet, be it an iPad or an Android tablet or a BlackBerry tablet, um, there, there's, there's just not equal functionality to even the slowest netbook. Right. And, and there's also to say that you can do something, and, and there's, it's a whole other thing to say that you can do it efficiently. And, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm – at one of my elementaries, we are running a pilot right now, and we, we bought for each of these pilot classrooms, we bought uh, six iPads, six uh, no, six iPads, uh, I think it's two MacBook Pros, and six uh, netbooks. And so I'm getting a chance to watch this kind of environment where they have all of these devices available to them. And yes, they do some very neat things like the iPads I see as a very, a very nice classroom enhancement. You know, they're, they're just different ways to engage the students and do things. But when they need to get down and like write a story or, uh, teachers still love PowerPoint, uh, they break out the netbooks. So, uh, you know, here they are with these iPads and if they could, if the iPad was the best choice in all of those situations, then that's what they would use all day long. And that's not what happens. So, you know, just speaking from my experience. So I just want to re- repeat, I'm not saying that you can't use iPads in education. Clearly, people are using them every day and are happy about it. What I'm saying is you're deluding yourself if you think that it's exactly the same experience as a real computer. It can do some things a real computer can't, but a real computer can do some things it can't. They're different devices. Stop treating them like they're the same. Right. Okay. That's my rant there. Uh, and one other thing um, in the in the way of, of warm-up, at a session at TCEA, somebody who was familiar with, with our work here uh, on the Element OP Network uh, made some comment about uh, wondering why I don't 
um, promote more. Why I don't uh, advertise, you know, uh, we've made mention before of, of these, you know, statewide email lists and, and groups that we're on in these social communities. And uh, people have asked why I don't promote there. And I get that ask a lot, actually, in email and in private correspondence. So I thought I would just take a minute here and, I, I, and I'll, I've already done it on the Everyday Linux podcast as well to just address that. My, my personal philosophy, and I know Sean and I disagree on this because we've argued about this a lot. Um, we didn't my, say argued. We've, we've debated it. Yeah. <laughs> my, my personal philosophy on self-promotion is that if I have to tell you how good what I've done is, it wasn't good enough for you to notice on your own. So uh, it, it's antithetical for me to say, hey, look how good I am. Look at how good a product I've created. If my product is good, people will talk about it on their own. I won't have to. Now, I know Sean is all about self-promotion. I'm sure he'll mention that in a little bit. But my philosophy is that I'm going to create the best product I can, and I'm going to work to make that product better every time I come to this microphone. And in time, the product will be so good that you will have no choice but to share it with others. You'll be as excited about it as you are uh, Christmas morning, and you'll want to tell people about it. And until that time, there's really nothing for me to talk about. Until you're ready to talk about it, until you're so excited about it that you're going to talk about it, then it's not good enough yet. So if you believe that we make a good product and you'd like to see us uh, become more well-known, I'm asking you to do that. Tell people about it. It doesn't have to be a big propaganda thing. Just mention it. You know, if you if you want to drop a couple of bucks, you can go to the Element Opie store on our website and buy a hat or a T-shirt and be a walking billboard. Or simple things like uh, every time we put out a show, there's a like button uh, on the show notes or a plus one button or a tweet button. If you go there and click like, then your three or 400 or 500 friends will see that you click that like. And that's one click advertising. It does. It means it's nothing uh, on you and it can bring things out. And so one of those people goes there and they click like, now there's another thousand uh, people that might see it. And they, and so it can go viral like that. So if you want to help us, I would appreciate it, but I'm not going to trumpet my own horn. It's just not my style. Now I'll let Sean say his piece. Well, I'm glad you ended it that way because I think it is. I, I think that's kind of a question of style. I mean, that's your personal style. We certainly know people who have made quite a name for themselves and uh, almost, uh, I don't know, I'll use the word whoring. <laughs> That's the word I use too, yes. Right, yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, it, it's, it's a matter of uh, each person's personal taste as to, you know, how much is enough. Uh, you certainly can't argue with the people who are just continually blasting them, their, you know, their own wares out there because... Uh, it's effective. It works. Those people get known and, uh, you know, they're, they're broadcasting, uh, or they're, you know, casting a wider net, so to speak. Um, I tend to like more traditional marketing methods. I don't like to be overbearing about it, but I, for me, I think it's more a matter of, uh, there's some sort of continuum there. Like you said, Mark, uh, if you have a good product, it's going to eventually get out to the masses. But uh, I don't see any problem with, you know, trying to speed up that that continuum, you know, make it happen a little bit quicker. Uh, and there are certainly ways that you can do that. And I think you can do it and still, you know, uh, have some uh, dignity left when you're done. Yeah. You've, you've read Animal Farm, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've always identified with the uh, with the workhorse, the big Russian workhorse. So anytime a problem came up his solution was must work harder and that's that's the way i do things that's the way i've done things my whole life people don't know this but i spend on average 30 to 40 hours a week doing stuff for element opie so i have a regular job that i'm at 40 or 50 hours a week and then i come home and do this you know so i have two full-time jobs and my solution to everything is work harder um, and and work smarter and work wisely and don't waste effort but work hard and so that's that's my solution. That's my um, way of, of becoming more than, than we are, is that I'm just going to put more into it. <laughs> well, and that's why I think we're a good team. So, you know, yeah. yeah, you're the pigs, right? You want to manipulate people into doing things for you. 
Right, sure. Yeah, you know. Come on. Uh, yeah. But I do like what you what you said. I I like what you said in there. You know, that's there's nothing wrong with that. You know, telling people, hey, you know, you can help us out by spreading the word. Uh, that's the best type of advertising, anyways. I mean, that's how Facebook got to be Facebook. So. I have no problem with that. I mean, that's that's one of the best types of marketing nowadays. I mean, if if I tell you about something that I think is great, then you're much more likely to try it than if you just saw it on a billboard somewhere. So, okay. So I'm not going to mention that anymore, at least not for a while. Uh, I just wanted to answer the questions that I'm, I'm being asked often. So uh, for the, the the show topic this week, what I wanted to talk about is not necessarily TCEA in particular. But the idea of going to conferences, why I go to conferences, why I think you should too, why I think it is a good personal growth practice to um, convene with others like yourselves. Um, and so just, you know, a quick rundown. I've, I've been going to see TCEA now since I'm pretty sure my first one was 2004. I think that was it. So uh, this was my eighth time to go there. And it, it, it's, you know, it's a week away from work, which means it's three weeks of catching up on back work. When I get back, it's expensive. Um, it's out of the way it's, it's inconvenient, but I think it's worthwhile every time I go because, you know, at this particular conference, there are between 11 and 15,000, depending on the year, people just like me and classroom teachers. So there's, there's the people who do my job and the people we do our jobs for all get together and we share ideas and we listen to complaints and we do some complaining. And I think that is invaluable, but also there's, there's just, when you do things, the same thing every day, I've, I've got almost 16 years in the job I have right now. It's easy to get sedentary. It's easy to fall into a rut and say, this is the way I do things. This is what works for me and not even look for new ideas. But when you go to these conferences, uh, they don't all have to be giant ones. Um, but, uh, if you if you live anywhere near Texas, I mean, if you're within five uh, hours on a plane. I, I really think you should go to TCA. It really is the best of its breed. I've met people from Canada and from Scotland there uh, who come to uh, TCEA because it's it's just that that big and that good. But the idea is to uh, continually grow yourself and to not be isolated in doing so. So that's that's one of the main reasons. What about you, Sean? I know you've been several years and and lamented that you couldn't go this year. Yeah, that was uh, such a disappointment this year. And I was even trying to work it out. I had some time that I could have taken off and uh, even just done it personally, which I was extremely tempted to do. And uh, it, it ended up that I, I wasn't going to be able to anyways with the move going on and everything else. But um, I'm certainly going to be trying to work that out for next year. Um, uh, I Yeah, I agree. I think it's invaluable. And Pretty much, uh, whatever your your career of choice is, you probably have something out there like this for you. You know, lawyers have them, and uh, plumbers have them, and I mean, you name it. There's there's trade shows and everything else out there uh, that you can go to. This happens to be ours for uh, the state that we're in, and uh, yeah, I mean, we're lucky that we have. Uh, yeah, I agree. Well, I haven't been to like uh, an ISTE conference, but. Um, Certainly, uh, I, it's, it's got to be one of the best in the nation because it's uh, it's great. The sharing of knowledge, um, you know, just getting to meet people that, you know, we, we email back and forth uh, all the time and maybe on social networks and things like that. But you can't replace uh, some face-to-face time. Uh, there, there's value there. Um, yeah, so I love it. Yeah, uh, Nightstar in the chat room. Uh, I met him at TCEA. He's from Mississippi. And he, he flew down to Texas to come to TCEA and he walked up to me and said, hi, I'm Nightstar. <laughs> so that was wow, cool. I didn't, I didn't know you, you met him. I did. I met him and, and we went out to, uh, uh, have dinner and, and spent some time together and it was, it was a great experience. And, uh, I met a couple of other listeners actually, uh, that I, I hadn't known before, but they knew me through, through the, the show. So that was very cool. I, I'm like a, a, a micro celebrity at this point. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I, I think that, you know, things like this too, um, I don't know. I feel like they pull me in a little bit more like, uh, it's, it's hard to put the words to this, but, uh, it adds a little bit of 
professional drive to to your career i mean you just you, when you go and you you meet all these other people it sort of recharges you for the year you meet all these other people that are passionate about what they're doing they're all doing the same or similar thing to what you're doing and uh it it really makes you glad to be doing what you're doing and it just kind of gives you that extra drive every year so uh i, I that's why i love going I, I thought i'd break up the this discussion into three categories the good the bad and the ugly um because that was one of my favorite movies uh so the good and one of the things i had there that sean just said is is the the inspiration gathering inspiration from other people and remembering why you do what you do we all uh chose our industries for a reason maybe in some cases it was chosen for us by family or whatever but there's a reason you've stuck with it all these years and it's easy to forget that and convening with other people who are who are like you and who think like you do and and face the same troubles that you do and have the same successes that you do um, is an inspiring sort of thing. And, and you come away, I don't want to say recharged. It's not like a, you know, a club med sort of thing. And in fact, you, you probably come away exhausted and, and uh, mentally worn out, but um, it's, it's like a good workout. You know, when you, when you come home from a really good workout, when you've hit the gym and you've been hitting the weights and you, and you did the cardio and you, and you swam, you're exhausted, but you feel good because you worked out, your body and and conferences like this give you the opportunity to work out your mind and you're exhausted when it's over but you feel good about it at the same time and then the the next thing that i had on the list is that there's um it's good to see how other people do things there, there are other people there who are as smart as you are yeah i know that's a surprise to some of you listening to this but yes there are people as smart as you are um and you get to meet them and you get to hear the way they do things and guess what it may not be the way that you do things. I know it's surprising, right? That could somebody, somebody smart, smart as you could be doing something differently than the way you do it, but it's absolutely true. <laughs> and I'm, I'm poking fun because geeks tend to have that uh, air of arrogance about them. It's just in our nature. We just admit it. You know, let's not try to pretend it's not there. Um, but you just, uh, it's good to intermit, intermingle with those people and find new ways of doing things, new ways of looking at things. Um, it, you know, even, um, me, my, uh, open source, you know, guru status. There were a couple of times when I was talking to people and they said, well, have you heard about this tool? I use it all the time. No, I haven't heard of that, but I'm going to go check it out. And, uh, so that's a pretty cool thing to do. And, and I start in the chat room says, you find out your teachers aren't just as, aren't just, are just as nuts as, as my teachers. And that's true. You find out that we all have the same struggles. People are people no matter where you go. Well, and in our line of work, sometimes you can feel like you're a man on an island and you realize there's a lot of other little men on islands as well. So, <laughs> Right. You may not have any help, but you, you, it's nice to know that there are other islands out there at least, if nothing else. Right. <laughs> uh, and then the bad. Um, the bad at any of these type conferences is the hype. And vendors are responsible almost entirely for that hype, but, but also the teachers. Um, in Texas right now, I don't know about other places, but anything with a lowercase I in front of it is golden. It's I everything. A few years ago is web 2.0 everything. Remember that, Sean? We were making jokes about uh, everything yeah. was 2.0. You know, this is coffee mug 2.0. You put 2.0 right. at the end of it. It was the big deal. All the sessions had 2.0 either in them or, <laughs> or under them at some point. This year it was I. Everything in I. I inspiration. I uh, deodorant. I toenail clippings. Everything was I. <laughs> well, toenail clippings are so much better with a lowercase <laughs> I in front of them. <laughs> you can charge more for them. Uh, right. But there's always going to be hype like that. And, and they're made of aluminum. <laughs> you. Um, <laughs> if you can grow aluminum, though, that's lucrative. <laughs> right. So anyway, there's always going to be hype. And the vendors try to feed that hype. You know, uh, you, you walk through the con the, the exhibit four hall and at TCA it's uh oh it's uh, tens of thousands of square feet it's huge it takes um at a slow steady walking pace 10 minutes just to walk from one end to the other i mean it's it's huge um and um the everybody there is hyping their product everybody there has the new thing that's going to save education and generally it tends to be either a projector or an interactive whiteboard or some drill and kill software you know, these things that we've had for 30 years uh, or longer. But once you get past the hype, you can find that there, there really are good ideas 
that are being oversold. You know, did that make sense? Yeah. Just because yeah. somebody's hyping something doesn't mean they actually don't actually have something to say. Yeah. Well, that's kind of like those, um, those interactive whiteboard. Well, not really what were, I, I don't want to say they're whiteboards cause you don't get the whiteboard. It was, <laughs> yeah. But those things that we got and that guy was like the slam chop slap chop guy, you know, I mean, he was, <laughs> you getting this camera guy. You know, yeah. He was going crazy on his presentation and everything. And you kind of almost had to, because he was overdoing it, you had to cut through it and go, yeah, that thing's actually kind of cool, you know, and that's worth looking at. And I remember we went back and saw him like when he was off presentation, you know, and we could kind of get him by himself and he was a lot more subdued. And that was a better presentation. He got to showing us a little bit about what it could do and everything. And ultimately that ended up selling us. Yeah, that's the uh, Hitachi Starboard link he's talking about. We've mentioned it before on the show. great product that'll turn any regular whiteboard into an interactive whiteboard. And I think their software is the best on the market. I think it's better than, than inter, uh, than E instructions or, or Prometheans. Um, and it's less expensive. So bargain, uh, a lot less expensive. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, that, that's the good, um, and, and the bad, the bad is, you know, there's hype. There's, uh, what, what, uh, another thing in the bad, what bothers me is when vendors, invade the hallowedness of the peer session. Most of these conferences have, you know, these concurrent sessions where it's, it's your peers. It's, it's people like you talking about what they do. And every now and then somebody will sneak in a sales pitch, but they'll cast it as if it's, you know, come see what X, Y, and Z uh, school district did uh, to, to roll out their one-to-one. And it turns out it's the hardware vendor who's conned them into doing a sales pitch. That annoys me. That's the bad, in my opinion. They should stay down on the exhibit hall and not do sessions. Right. Uh, and then also there's oftentimes, again, like, like I said, at our conference, it's, there's, there's thousands of people, uh, 10 to 15,000 people. And in that sea of, of people, there can be a lot of sameness. There might be 15 sessions all about the same thing, all about iPads all about the same free apps that you can get for iPad. Um, and, you know, that, that can be, that's the bad of, of conferences. But you got to weed those out. And after a while, you sort of become an expert conference goer, and you can sort of pick those out uh, as you're reading through the, the conference. But those are things to, be, uh, to, to look out for. And, and I know uh, some people complain about this, particularly presenters uh, will complain about somebody walking out in the middle of a session. But the way I see it, we made a contract when I walked in there. You're going to teach me something, and I'm going to give you 50 minutes of my time. If you're not teaching me something, I'm not give, going to give you my time. So I'm one of those guys who will get up and walk out if you're not any good. Sorry, uh, this is the grown-up world. Put on your big boy panties and deal with it. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I want to throw in there, I, I don't know, uh, it certainly doesn't apply to the bad or the good or anything, but uh, just an observation, you know, I, I, uh, when we talk about these types of conferences, it, it seems like you get a wide range of responses. You know, some people think they're the greatest thing ever, uh, and other people are like, well, you know, it's all right. And uh, you kind of touched on this, Mark, is that I think what you get out of it is, is directly proportional to how well you prepare for that conference. And I'm not just talking about, you know, uh, you know, wearing comfortable shoes and, you know, uh, you know, that kind of thing and, and knowing where all the power outlets are or whatever. But I know that we every year would get that, uh, Oh, what is it? Like the list of the, the booklet the, of the pre program. Yeah. Yeah. The pre program. And we would literally go through and game plan every day. And we knew exactly what we were going to be, uh, you know, what sessions we were going to be going to and at the times. And we knew where the locations were. And we worked that conference. And we came back, you know, at the end of it, like you said, we were mentally spent. But it was because we were working to gather in as much information as we possibly could. Uh, to really, you know, put, make the best use of our time while we were there. And a lot of people don't do that. And then they walk away from it and go, well, it was all right. Well, you didn't really give it any effort. Right. A lot of people are more interested in the bar hopping on 6th Street afterward than they are in what goes on in the con- uh, convention center or the outlet mall down the street 
Uh, but the way I look at it, and the way, this is the way I've always looked at it, is I'm at work when I'm there. My school district pays me to go there. Uh, they, they paid my way. I'm still drawing a check. I mean, they're not docking me for the week I'm out. I am still an employee doing a job. And my job is to learn new ideas and find new ways of doing things. And in some cases, be an ambassador and teach. I have taught sessions almost every year I've been. And in that case, I'm an ambassador. I'm, I'm, I'm giving back. Um, but it really bothers me to see people who treat it like a vacation. It's not a vacation. It's work. And that's, that's how it should be treated. See, there I go being the horse again. Must work harder. Right. Work, work, work. <laughs> and then you touched on one of them. One of the other bad things is sore feet. No matter what you do, after walking around for five days straight, you're going to have sore feet. Deal with it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because you uh, usually the best place to sit down, <laughs> at least at TCEA, is usually you got to grab a piece of floor, you know, <laughs> unless you're in a session. But if you're just out walking around and you feel like sitting down, uh, yeah, there's 14,000 people running around and there's like 20 chairs. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all huddled around the one outlet in the room. Right. <laughs> um, and then the next section is the ugly. The things that go beyond bad, and they're just ugly. And I touched on this earlier, uh, and I had this thought uh, this week, is I was at a session presented by two college professors. Um, you know, that, that, uh, even though this is a primarily a K-12 thing, there are a lot of there are higher ed folks there and higher ed stuff going on. And they reminded me why I hated college. Because they were dry, and they were boring, and they were college professors. You know college professors. You, some of you listening are college professors. And you know your colleagues. They're dry and they're dull and they're boring. And, and oh my gosh, I hate it when you read a PowerPoint to me. I'm not kidding. This is an exact quote from one of the um, professors. She said, I am so sick of looking at PowerPoints. Okay. She said that standing in front of a 15-foot screen with a PowerPoint slide on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish PowerPoint would die. That's something that needs to die. And then I was at another presentation where they were using Prezi. I don't know if you're familiar with Prezi. If you're not, you should check it out. It's a cool new, it's not new. It's been around for a while. It's a cool way to present, but there's lots of motion, that sort of stuff. But you can really get seasick just because you can do a, a barrel roll in and zoom into your next point doesn't mean you should. <laughs> yeah, sometimes a Prezi presentation can feel like you're you're on a roller coaster or something. I I think they're kind of cool, but uh, but what always happens with those sorts of tools is people always overdo them. Right. It's just like with these web designer, you know, like uh, Google Sites or anything else. If you look at a Google Site that a teacher has done, they're horrendous. <laughs> but the teachers love them because there's all these bells and whistles, and they can do this and that. And, uh, so yeah, with any of those tools, it's like, okay, moderation is right. key. <laughs> Look, I've got pink text on an orange background. Isn't it awesome? Right. And it, I can make it blink. I can make it blink. Yeah. Um, and, and the worst is, you remember back in the old, fortunately, this is kind of died off, but in the old days of PowerPoint, the sound effects with every word that came on the screen. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 or the typing, yeah, and then they would stand there and read the whole thing to you. That was another session I went to. These guys, they were authors of a book, and it was clear that they were not public speakers. They had written really good work. They were authors. They were good at writing, and they stood there and read their book or read their presentation off of the screen. And I tweeted out, I don't care how good the words on your screen are, don't just stand there and read them to me. You could have emailed me that and saved us both 50 minutes. Right. <laughs> but once they actually broke out of that and started talking about the things that they were passionate about, it was great because their eyes lit up and they got all excited. And, and, and that's the cool thing. That's what people want to see. If you're doing a session, people, that's what people want to see. They want to see your passion. They don't want to see how well you can prepare a slideshow. So when I go in there, I go in there prepared. I know what I'm going to talk about. But I, my notes are generally two or three words on a page just to emphasize the point because I am your presenter. If you can get the information, and I get this all the time when I do a presentation, can you email me your slideshow? I can, but it's useless without me. There's nothing on that slideshow. I am the present presentation. And if you're doing a presentation, that's the way it needs to be. You are the presentation, not your slideshow. I didn't mean to get preachy. It just worked out that way. 
Yeah, you've been real preachy tonight. <laughs> it's so. been a long day after I've been out a week. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm preachy. Um, but uh, another thing, and I just talked comment on this in the ugly is smart people doing crappy presentations. Um, and that's I just talked about that. But the last one, and this is again a personal thing, is people trading personal dig- dignity for cheap swag. <laughs> I thought that's what the conference was for. <laughs> yeah, just, I, we know people that miss like the entire first day of the conference because they're down there trying to work the vendors because right. they know that's they still have all the good stuff. Right. Like you got to work the vendor floor the first day because after the first day they get rid of all the good stuff. Yeah, and you see people walking around with like flair like they're at some TGI Fridays, right? Where they got two hats on, both of which blink different colors with two different vendors on it. And they're wearing a T-shirt from another vendor and carrying a bag that says, I got lucky at booth 715. Don't trade your personal dig- dignity for cheap swag. I will give you 20 bucks and you can go buy everything they're going to give you. Like five times over. Right. <laughs> you paid or your district paid $500 for you to be there. Don't, don't trade it for 25 cents worth of keychains. <laughs> That's that's just a little lighthearted thing, but you know, if you are, there are some people right now who are listening to this going, "Oh, he's talking about me." If you need a twelve-step program, I can set you up with a number. <laughs> yeah, that certainly is the ugly. <laughs> yeah, and that first day is usually uh, seems to be the worst. The last day a little bit too, because that's when vendors are like, if they have any crap left over, they're just like begging you to right. take it. Yeah, take twelve so. of these, please. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Uh, this year, the keynote speaker, the opening keynote speaker, was Tori Belleche of um, MythBusters. Um, oh, really? Yeah. And so you might think, what does he have to to talk to an education audience about? A tech, uh, an ed tech audience. He blows stuff up for a living. But it was actually very fascinating. He uh, is dyslexic. He didn't do well in school, and the only things he ever excelled at were the things where he worked with his hands. We're we're, we're doing modeling and art. And when he was 19, he got into making pipe bombs and blowing stuff up. And instead of, he was in college studying art, but as soon as he uh, left college, he'd go back to his backyard and dig a bunker and blow something up in it. And it was interesting to hear um, his perspective on how we can reach those kids today, right? You've got kids like that in your class if you're a classroom teacher. If you're if you're somebody like me who works for multiple campuses, you know lots of those kids, those kids that don't quite fit in, who can't sit still, who, who you may not trust to turn your back on. Um, it's interesting to find how you can reach those guys. And in his, his case, he said, drop the book and give me something to do. And I think maybe we need to re-examine some of our education practices there and that we never give kids anything to do other than busy work. Well, and I think a lot of teachers, a lot of educators would argue that that's where they're going with iPads and iPod touches and things like that, uh, which I think is totally valid. I, I like them as add-ons to the classroom because I think they do reach especially kids like that and you you can see those kids gravitate towards that kind of stuff and it's it's amazing what really blew me away is there's some kids that uh, i watched a teacher the other day go through this uh it's basically a daily exercise for her but she has different stations around her classroom and she'll have the the laptops and she'll have the ipads and the ipod touches and then she'll have just standard you know uh uh, read to another student or, or read to self. And so there was like six or eight different activities that the kids could choose from. Um, and she just went around and she was almost like she was calling roll and the, the kid would have to say what they were going to do. And I was really shocked that some of the things that I thought that would go first, you know, the, the iPad and the iPod touch and stuff like all of those would go and then like the poor last kid who got to choose would have to read to self, you know, that kind of thing. And it didn't go that way. So it was really neat to see that, you know, the, the iPad went like, uh, probably about fourth down the list. And, uh, you know, not to say that it, it wasn't good, but it was just that, you know, uh, you could see those differences in those kids. Some of those kids, you know, didn't really care for that. Other kids, that's probably all they want to do. So, uh, yeah. It, it's it's sad that we do oftentimes these cookie cutter systems that don't really match up well with with all the students. Yeah, I I read an article just this week uh, where the the basic takeaway was that uh, 
the modern American education system is preparing students for the workforce that existed in 1957 um, and teaching them to be cogs in the wheel and not teaching them to be citizens of the 21st century. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what uh, concerns me when it comes to, especially at the high school level, but even uh, you can drill this down to the middle school, is uh, we're more interested in teaching kids, uh, you know, calculus than we are uh, basic computer, uh, like some basic computer programming or or web design or things that, uh, you know, are going to start gearing them towards, you know, jobs that actually exist today and will exist tomorrow for them. Right. Or jo- yeah, jobs that don't exist now. Right. So that that was my rundown. That was my good, the bad, and the ugly of uh, TCEA and of conventioneering in general. Um, Sean, did you have any other final thoughts on that? Uh, no. I, I, all I can say again is uh, if you have the opportunity to do uh, to do that, regardless of your you know what your career is, uh, you need to go check one out okay. and work it and work it. You know, don't just go. I mean, if you're spending either some of your money or some of your employer's money, get full value out of it. Go down there and work it. And, uh, you know, I come back. I know you said, you know, you don't feel recharged. I felt recharged. I really did. I I would come back and, uh, you know, just be amped up again for for the next year. So, yeah, I I didn't mean to say that I don't feel recharged, but it's it's. It's a different kind of recharge. It's a it's right. an inspiration and, and not a rest. I mean, I came home and sp- oh yeah, pretty yeah. much slept yeah. all day Saturday. Yeah, I I mean, I fully agree there. If you're doing it right, you are mentally blasted at the end of the week. Because uh, I would uh, start a session at at eight. They start at eight o'clock in the morning, and then I would be going until five five thirty, and then I'd go out and have dinner with friends. That's another thing because the, the learning doesn't stop when the sessions are over. Uh, I got the opportunity of of going out with uh, like eight or nine other uh, people who who do my job, and we went and sat at a Mexican restaurant and laughed and learned uh, for another two or three hours. And so, you know, as much fun as that was, it was still part of the learning process and stuff you just can't get sticking around where you work every day. So you didn't go to Coyote Ugly and dance on the bar? Uh, Well, I tried to, and they asked me to leave when the uh, marble broke. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right so uh moving right on to our tip of the week it's not tips there's just one uh, yeah but my tech tip this week is it's uh, I, I don't know if it's a tech tip or a teacher tip or maybe it's all of them it's just a cool little thing it's called trello t-r-e-l-l-o trello.com uh and it's a it's an online collaboration tool it's a uh it's kind of hard to describe but it's like a digital whiteboard. I know Sean and I used to plan all the time on a whiteboard in my office and we'd get together and we'd grab a couple of pens and we'd draw things and we'd make notes and we'd light, circle through them and draw arrows. Well, this is sort of an online version of that. You make cards and you assign people to a card and tasks to a card and you can put pictures, you can assign files to it, and then you can move those cards along the workflow process uh, and, and one that you define. So you might have seven or eight columns like this card begins here and then it's handed off here, and then it's handed off here, and then it's handed off there, and then when it's finally completed, you you move it over there. It's it's a neat little uh, thing. It's kind of hard to explain. Go check it out. There's a video at Trello.com that explains it better than I can. Um, but it's it's a very um, impressive tool to streamline collaborative workflow. So if you work with a group of people, even if they're all in your office, but certainly if some of them are distributed, it's a neat little tool, and it's free. Um, I don't know if it's free only for a beta period. I'm not sure about that, but I know it, it's at least free right now. Uh, and uh, there's no advertising at this point. You just uh, go in and it's, uh, I'm sorry, iPad users, it's flash-based. Uh, so I don't know if they have an iPad app or not. So you can't use it in education. Right, because <laughs> Flash <laughs> is dead. Uh, so I'm sure they'll be fixing that soon. Uh, but, yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, check it out, Trello, T-R-E-L-L-O dot com. All right, and uh, this is the part where I would usually have a teacher tip, but uh, I haven't begged out in a long time, and I'm begging out this week because because of all the moving, and uh, yeah, my days have just been a nightmare, so uh, yeah. The teacher tip this week is don't read your PowerPoints. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) That's a good one. Or even better, 
find something else to use other than PowerPoint. There you go. <laughs> Slide Rocket is a great tool, but still very, it's just PowerPoint on steroids. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, Slide Rocket has uh, some of the same drawbacks. It has some of the same type of, you know, you can overdo the bling in Slide Rocket and you can still read your presentation in, in Slide Rocket. Uh, but at least, you know, start to, you know, get a little bit outside the box. Sean, where could people go if they wanted to give you a teacher tip that you could have ready for next week? Oh, uh, they could do that at elementop.com. Uh, many, many different ways to contact us there. Uh, you can uh, contact me if you have one of those teacher tips at sean at elementop.com. Uh, do you want me to just run with this, Mark? Yes, go. All that right. was my smooth big market radio teaser. Okay, I, you know I was on the Tightwad Teacher uh, earlier this week. I, I kind of made a revisit to that show, and at the end, uh, John, who usually does this stuff at the end of the show, uh, kind of begged off and uh, let me do this rundown. And I was a little surprised because I hadn't done it in a while, and uh, it was like riding a bike. So uh, anyway, uh, to continue on there, of course, you can find us on the social networks. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Element OP and uh, slash the t uh, slash Tightwad Tech uh, for that one. Uh, uh, Facebook.com slash Element OP. Hop on there. Like us. Uh, we have all the requisite likes for uh, for our own vanity girl, so we're not begging for that anymore. Uh, or you can call us at 559-IM-OP. Give us a call. Leave us a message. Uh, good or bad, we take it all. And uh, if it's uh, appropriate, we you know may make it onto the show. So, and I just encourage you uh, to want, hit our hit up one of our pages. And every time you're on a page for any reason, click the like button. Just do that. Click the plus one button if you're a Google Plus user. Click the tweet button if you're a Twitter user. Uh, and if you're an iTunes user, please uh, go to the iTunes market and rate us. Comment if you want to. That's not necessary, but rate us. The more people who rates us, the higher up we'll get on on Apple's radar, and eventually we might be a, a featured show. Uh, there's not a whole lot of shows in education. It's not hard to be a featured show in their ed tech category. So if we could get you know a hundred of our several hundred listeners to go do that, to go rate us four or five stars, uh, then we'd get their attention. So if you want to help us, those are simple ways that you can do it. And we would be greatly appreciated if you did. All right. Uh, I'll hop in and just say this was a great show. You think so? Was it really? Yeah, yeah it was, you know, it was on the, on the moderate side of great. But <laughs> I, you know, I, for one, was interested just because I didn't get to go this year. So uh, I wanted to hear, you know, what your thoughts were. All right. So uh, I, I hope you'll take our advice to heart and check out a professional conference in whatever it is you do. Um, uh, if you deliver pizzas for a living, maybe there's a conference for that. But uh, having received the great show blessing, I will simply say, this is Mark signing off. And Sean signing off. <laughs>